Hello people, you're welcome to another episode on the Woman Podcast today. I'm your host, Onu Onyinye, and today we'll be talking about the effects of power failure on Nigeria's economy. That is the effect of the constant power failure on the production in Nigeria. start this episode with a personal story. In the second semester of my second year, I had this course I had to write, Econometrics. Any economic student knows econometrics is a big deal. So I had this exam, let's say I'd written one exam today and I had econometrics the next day. There was only one problem. There was no light, no electricity. There had been no electricity for the past one week. It seemed like there was a problem with the connection or the line or whatsoever, but there had been no electricity in our area for the past one week. Now, how I'd survived that one week writing my exams, I remember very vividly. I'd take my torchlight to somewhere else. For anyone living within UNN, I'd take my torchlight as far as behind flat to charge. I'd take my phone to school to charge. That's after my exams, I'd come back, take my torchlight and take my phone to school to charge the phone. Because I know I'd need it to study. But that particular day, there was no light. I had come back late from my exam and there was no way I was going to leave that day and charge my stuff that day. My torchlight was dead. And the only thing I had on me was my phone and my power bank. And I had exam the next day. So I did what any other reasonable student would do. I used my phone as a source of electricity. I felt sad because I know there are people who don't have to go through this in all of their life. And yet here I was, a student of the University of Nigeria and Suka, using my phone as a torchlight because I want to study. Now you might ask me what this has to do with the topic of today. The topic of today seeks to explore by how much Nigeria's lack of constant electricity has affected production in Nigeria. And I hope you find this interesting. Electricity generation started in Nigeria in 1896. The first electricity utility company was known as the Nigerian Electricity Supply Company and was established in 1929. By the year 2000, a state-owned monopoly, the National Electric Power Authority, NEPA, was in charge of the generation, transmission and distribution of electric power in Nigeria. In the year 2001, the reform of the electricity sector began with the promulgation of the National Electric Power Policy, which had its goal as the establishment of an efficient electricity market in Nigeria. Its main goal was the transfer of ownership and assets of the electricity industry to the private sector, with the consequent creation of all the necessary structures required to forming and sustaining the electricity market in Nigeria. The Power Holding Company of Nigeria, PHCN, was formed by a transitional corporation that comprises of 18 successor companies, 16 generating companies and 11 distribution companies, one transmission company created from NEPA. So PHCN itself was derived from NEPA. 
Power generation itself in Nigeria dates back to 1886, when two generating sets were installed to serve the colony of Lagos. That's the then colony of Lagos. In 1951, by the Act of the Parliament, the Electricity Corporation of Nigeria, ECN, was established. The Transmission Company of Nigeria manages the Electricity Transmission Network of Nigeria. There are 11 electricity distribution companies in Nigeria. Presently, Nigeria has only 17 functional grid-connected generating plants, 8 owned by the federal government, while 9 are both the NIPP and IPP projects, which, with a design capacity of 2,809 megawatts and only an available capacity of 1,236.5 megawatts. To give you a picture of the problem I'm trying to present to you, in the 20 years before 1999, the electricity industry of Nigeria saw very little investment in infrastructural development of the electricity sector. No maintenance was done and no new electricity plants were built. So you can see one of the problems we have. No maintenance and no new plants for 20 years. Of course, the existing plants dwindled in their ability to serve and Nigerians were left picking up the other end of the stick. A research carried out by King's Leonioha from the University of Dundee, Scotland, found that a whooping 51% of Nigerian electricity consumption stemmed from households, 27% from commercial use, and 22% from industrial use. So in a house, they consume electricity, and a house, no still they see light. These problems and inefficiencies led to the privatization of electricity in Nigeria. So the National Electricity Power Authority, NEPA, was turned into the power holding company of Nigeria, that's PHCN. This was 11 distribution companies and 7 generating companies as we have mentioned. They were sold to private companies. This was a bold move. And the quick question to ask here is, did this solve Nigeria's electricity generating problem? The answer would be no, it didn't. Even after the privatization, households and industries still suffer from unreliable power supply. Although the country has an installed capacity of 12,522 megawatts, it's only able to generate around 4,000 megawatts, something that can't even begin to meet the needs of a population of 200 million people living in this country as of 2021. This is not the only problem. There's also price hikes, the tariff, and the erratic increase in, in bills. We know those bills the one NEPA people bring before they cut our light. And that has left Nigerians wondering what exactly they are paying for. Because you pay for light and yet you don't see it. And by the time the next month's bills roll around, NEPA people will come ever ready to give you the bill and the speed they will use to cut your light when you don't pay up. Matters as simple as how much you pay for electricity that you consume has led to clashes between electricity officials and communities. And in extreme cases, it has led to death of those individuals or the officials themselves. The challenges this sector faces, kokboke, there are plenty. The first problem is the market structure. There's no existing market structure in the Nigerian power sector. What I mean by this is that there should at least be a body that controls wholesale and the retail of electricity. We have no such thing in Nigeria. So investors are not even willing to put their hands in our business. For example, in Obasanjo's regime, 16 billion US dollars was sunk into the sector and the irregularities in the market did not even allow that money, that capital, to have any impact. 
power failure also costs up to 15 billion US dollars of our annual loss in our GDP. The second problem is the political issues. This aspect of it is, is quite notable by anybody. Policies made by a past ruler totally differ from the policies made by the present ruler and will totally differ from the policies that will be made by the future ruler. It leaves projects desolate and unattended to, and the lack of political stability also chases investors as far away as possible. There is also one of the biggest problems Nigeria is having currently, which is corruption. Public funds are being embezzled, and it leaves little or no room to invest in any other important sector like health and education, let alone the power sector. There is also the problem of the ever-increasing demand and reducing supply of electricity. While the supply is low because of the lack of plants and the low or no maintenance on the already existing plants. I like to tell a story of one time I worked um, in a tailor shop. So this woman had to make clothes and give it to her customers, of course. But then anybody that knows a tailor shop knows that there is a very high demand for or a very good need for electricity. Because as you're sewing, you're going to have to iron, you're going to have to iron out things. Because if you don't iron, there will be a difficulty in knowing when what you're doing is going the wrong way. Or if the material you're sewing on has actually relaxed properly. Anyone who sews will know. As a result of the fact that there was no light, like we barely got up to five hours of light every day, we had to resort to using charcoal. So what we do is there's this woman who cooks by the side. And she usually had these hot coals under her pot of food. We'd go there, we'd beg her, she'd let us get f- fire. I'm talking hot coals. So this was us putting our face very close to the hot coals and picking them with scissors. So you had to be extra, extra careful. Now you'd bring that fire to the shop and then you'd begin the work of fanning it. I'm talking, this is all before the ironing of the clothes happens. You begin to fan. You're fanning, you're fanning and you're fanning. and when the coal is hot enough. You take your charcoal iron and you go and press the clothes. If you press and the, you see that the coals are dwindling, you go and fan again. So you can notice that there's already a gap in the productivity level because the time we spend going to that woman's place, coming back with the charcoal, fanning it can be used to do other things. Now that is how personally electricity or the erratic electricity supply in Nigeria has affected me. So this thing affects everybody as well. From you and me that just need to charge our phones and touch lights at home, to the tailor down the road, as I've mentioned, the welder, the TV repairman, companies and industries. We need electricity. And this lack of it affects us in various ways. It affects our productivity. A firm that produces, say, up to 100 cartons of their products on a good day with power lasting all working hours would not be able to do so or anything near that if they are getting only 5 hours of electricity per day. The tailor, as I've talked about, would be submitting badly done clothes, or rumpled clothes at most, and customers would not be too quick to accept the fact or the reason that the reason for this rumpled clothes is the lack of electric power. Students are also affected. Like the first story I told in the beginning, the morale to study would not be there, and our grades would obviously be affected. The ability to learn skills online would also reduce because how are you going to learn any skill or participate in a webinar online on your phone or your laptop has no power. For the firm earlier mentioned, constant power outages can increase the cost of production 
because the firm owner may be forced to look into other sources of electricity like generator or solar. Have you heard the price of fuel lately? Now why? These things push costs of production up. And this leads to higher prices of goods and services in the market. Hairdressers, barbers, welder, and laundromats who face the problem of inconsistent power supply will be forced to scale down their business, leading to the reduction in the number of people they employ. So you see, it also increases the unemployment rate. We could go on and on about the effects of epileptic electricity on Nigeria's production. But the truth of the matter is that we all in this country have found a way to survive or live through it, either with a generator, your solar, your power bank, or even a lamp. We move. But there's one thing I want you listeners to move to. Move to the polling stations and go and get your PVCs. Let's all give Nigeria a chance. Let's give this fight our faith. We won't be defeated if we all stand together. And even if they defeat us for this one, we what? We move to come back later, of course. We all want to jackba, I know. But even in your jackba location, in your Canada, in your anywhere, someone would come up to you and ask you where you're from. You see, the color of your flag reflects on you. The state and condition of your country sticks to the name Nigeria. You're Nigerian, so it sticks to you too. That's it on this week's episode. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I really appreciate you for listening this far. If you enjoy this episode, please like and subscribe on your podcast listening platform and share this episode with your friends. You can also leave a review at onoyinye5.gmail.com. It really helps others discover the podcast. I also want to please advocate that you follow the Wema Instagram handle on Wema underscore podcast on Instagram. Till then, have a lovely week, people. Bye. Bye.